It was not live from Hollywood. It was actually pre-taped. Pretty much every Monday through Friday night, it was the Chevy Chase Show. Yes, that's right. Chevy Chase had his own nightly late night show on Fox in 1993. Was America ready for that Chevy wit and sarcasm? Was Fox willing to just let Chevy do his own thing? And what about Joan Rivers? Well, we'll get into that. The Chevy Chase Show this week on This Was a Thing. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Ray. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. On today's episode, we're looking at the Chevy Chase Show. Ooh. This was a thing because in 1993, Johnny Carson had retired, which meant that the race to be the king of late night had officially begun. Who did the still-in-its-toddler-years Fox Network decide they wanted to throw into the race? A man known for his interviewing skills and relatability, a Mr. Chevy Chase. This show did not go over the way that Fox wanted it to and is now considered a failure. And things that people consider failures, well, we here at This Was a Thing consider those things worth looking into. And that's exactly what I did. Let me start off by saying... You know, I enjoy Chevy Chase films. Sure, some aren't bright spots on his career, but there are always go-tos that can consistently make me laugh. Cops and Robertsons. Uh, well, I'll get to Cops and Robertsons. Oh. Don't worry. Uh, Christmas Vacation is a movie I watch yearly. Uh, it's hard now knowing that Randy Quaid actually morphed into a mutated version of Cousin Eddie, but that's for another episode. Either way, I do enjoy Chevy enough to have wanted to give this show a try. I wanted to see if his goofy doofus who can't wait to outsmart you character would translate well to the talk show format. I had always heard about the Chevy Chase show, but pretty much only as a punchline. I can't really remember specifics, I just know that the tone of the jokes was not very good. I was too young to watch it at the time, so I'm glad that I got to be an adult while giving this a look, or... Maybe it was that I wished I was a kid when I watched it, so I could have felt less awed by the awkwardness of the whole thing. Either way, I watched it, and let me say this. It certainly was a thing. Now, before I get into the Chevy Chase show, let me go over how crazy the late-night wars were in the late 80s and early 90s. Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson, (laughs) 
Thanks, Rich Little. Absolutely. Ruled Late Night with The Tonight Show. It premiered in 1962, and no one else ever beat him in the ratings. A show that wanted to compete was The Late Show with Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers filled in for Johnny when he was on vacation and always proved to be very popular, and she was actually made his permanent guest host in 1983. In 1986, many top NBC executives started to think that Johnny Carson would want to retire the next year when he reached his 25th anniversary, so they started to put a list together of 10 possible successors, and uh, Joan was actually nowhere on that list of 10. In an article she wrote for People magazine, Joan said that NBC offered her only a one-year contract in 1985 as permanent guest host, while Johnny's contract had been renewed for two years, which signaled to her that her future was uncertain as her previous one-year contracts had always been the same length as Johnny Carson's contracts. They'd always been the same, so she'd think that they'd be on the same page. Something was up. She could tell. Joan had received higher paying offers from other networks in previous years, but she'd always declined them out of her loyalty to Johnny. But in 1986, as NBC was unwilling to give her assurances of her future, negotiations amounted to essentially nothing. So that's when the new Fox network comes in. It was about to launch, and they wanted a late night host. They offered Joan the job at a salary higher than what NBC was paying, and she accepted. And Johnny was just blindsided by the news when he saw it on a press conference on TV. Right after the press conference, Joan called him at his home, but he refused to take the call. Johnny was pissed that he found out about Rivers going to Fox. He said he felt betrayed by Rivers, uh, not because she'd be his competition, but because she was not honest with them beforehand about her intentions of leaving, and she didn't ask for his advice and his blessing. Yeah, he had always said that if she had just come to him, yeah. he would have been like, amazing. Amazing. I think he even said, he's like, I probably would have been a guest on the show. So she didn't get his blessing, and Johnny was pissed, but they had to move forward. And The Late Show with Joan Rivers premiered on October 9th, 1986. Now, over the next few months, ratings were never what they wanted, and and Joan, of course, clashed with Fox executives, and she was fired from the show in May 1987, only seven months after it aired. And for the final show, which aired May 15, 1987, the set was vandalized with toilet paper, slime, and shaving cream. Her final guests were Pee Wee Herman, Howie Mandel, and a young Chris Rock. Johnny was still the king of of Late Night. Fox continued to air The Late Show with rotating guests who included Suzanne Summers, Richard Belzer, and Robert Townsend. They even brought in some new guy named Arsenio Hall. Now, Arsenio's ratings were the best of the bunch, but he actually had to leave due to filming Coming to America. And The Late Show officially ended on October 28th, 1988, only a little over two years after its premiere. In January 1989, the Arsenio Hall Show premiered in syndication and actually did pretty well. And now, do you want fries with that? It's Arsenio! Doesn't that seem so much fun? Yes, actually it does. Well, Johnny was still... King. Arsenio couldn't beat Johnny, but then May 22nd, 1992 came around, and it was Johnny's last show, and old Bet told him goodbye. Oh. For all of the years, for the laughs, for the tears, for the class that you showed, make it one 
for my baby and one more for the road that long, long road. I can confirm Rob is actually crying right now. I love Bette Midler and Johnny. Of course, there was the famous Leno Letterman NBC debacle, but that's for another episode, maybe a two episode. Long story short, Johnny wanted Letterman to replace him. NBC wanted Leno. NBC won. Jay Leno took over the night show on May 25th, 1992. Live from the NBC. Studios in Burbank, California, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, featuring Bradford Marsalis and The Tonight Show Band. Johnny was no longer king because Johnny retired. With Johnny gone, Fox thought it was time for them to give The Late Night Show another try. Because Leno was so bad, they were like, it's vulnerable now. Exactly, because Johnny wasn't the king. And so it was fighting between him and Letterman. Now, who would Fox go after? Miss Dolly Parton. Well, Dolly said no thanks, but she recommended a Mr. Chevy Chase for the job. Dolly, why'd you do that? Well, I really hate Fox. <laughs> Chevy Chase became essentially famous overnight when SNL premiered in 1975. Uh, he was the show's first star. He became the first cast member to leave the show, leaving in the middle of the second season. It wasn't a clean exit, and uh, most of the cast were resentful of him. Bill Murray would come in and be his replacement for the show, and everything would just be fine. But people still didn't like Chevy. He would go on to have a huge film career starring in films like Caddyshack and the Fletch and Vacation films. He was one of the most bankable stars in Hollywood, earning around $7 million per movie in the late 80s, which is huge numbers for the late 80s. Then the 90s came around. Chevy was nominated for Razzies in both 1991 and 1992 for Nothing But Trouble and Memoirs of an Invisible Man. You could say that Chevy was having a bit of a slump in his film career at this point, but that's around the time when Dolly threw his name in the hat. Fox was in. Sure, he had a couple of film flops, but surely America would want to tune in to see Chevy every night, right? Fox signed him to a $3 million deal, where he secured ownership rights to his show, which would be produced by his company, Cornelius Productions. His real name is Cornelius. Cornelius Chase. Chevy was Hollywood, so that's where the show would be taped. The theater it was filmed in was originally called the Aquarius Theater, but it changed to the Chevy Chase Theater, and Fox spent a million dollars on renovations, and it was located on the world-famous Sunset Boulevard. There was even a dedication ceremony to the newly christened theater with the honorary mayor of Hollywood, Mr. Johnny Grant. But Johnny, you want to say a couple of things here? Thank you, Chevy. And now Chevy will christen his new home with champagne. Not in a bottle, but in a water balloon. Chevy will fire the champagne at theater using a slingshot made of surgical rubber tubing. And with the authority vested in me as the honorary mayor of Hollywood, I hereby declare that when the champagne balloon hits this edifice, it will be officially named the Chevy Chase Theater. Where do you want me to stand? All right. How far back? 
Are we ready? Wait a minute. How did this guy get to be honorary mayor? Did he just make that title up himself? I'm sure he just showed up to enough like star, like Hollywood Walk of Star ceremonies. I'm the honorary mayor. Oh, someone got you a suit, huh, Johnny? This is an old suit from Ramon Navarro. <laughs> what duties did he have as mayor, by the way? The honorary mayor of Hollywood. Oh, I'm sure he had a lot of duties. I'm the one who cleans up Johnny Depp's vomit outside the Viper Room. But that's that's the job of being a mayor. But you know, I'll be honest with you, it's not all perks like that. The set for the Chevy Chase show had to be hip and fun, just like Chevy, right? He's hip and fun. There was a fish tank with a live fish. There were bookshelves full of tchotchkes and toys. His desk had a built-in piano. There was even a basketball hoop on stage. This was gonna be lit. So let's get to August 30th, 1993. The Late Show with David Letterman premieres on CBS at 11.30 p.m. Well, a week later on September 6th, 1993, Fox's answer premiered the Chevy Chase Show. It premiered at 11 p.m., the same time as every other channel's newscast. And this is not a live show. No, this is taped to broadcast. I watched episode one, and I'm here to tell you all about it. I'd never seen it before, and I'll tell you this. This first episode was something else. It starts off with Chevy running in and immediately shooting a jump shot on the basket on the set. Uh, What could go wrong, right? Shooting baskets in front of a live studio audience. First shot, miss. Oh, boy. (laughs) Then he goes for a a layup, uh, and then it goes to a a cut-in of a layup going in the basket, so you can tell that he definitely missed both shots, but then, well, you gotta start the monologue. Unfortunately, uh, this is about how the rest of the show would go. It seems like a bunch of missed layups. Uh, Please, please, please. Sit down. Hey! If I knew you were gonna be this enthusiastic, I would've rehearsed. You know, uh, Boy, I'm so excited. (laughs) A lot of people wondered why I wanted to do my own TV show, and I confess I'm one of them. Uh, But I think the moment I knew I wanted to get back on TV was the day my daughters uh, tied me up and made me watch Oh Heavenly Dog twice. (laughs) Anyway, after all the fuss and hype last week over that uh, other late-night TV show. I finally got to see it. You know something? It just isn't funny. I didn't laugh once, except at his hair. (laughs) And that's why I predict right here and now that my show is going to kick Ted Koppel's ass. He looks so uncomfortable. It's, It's so uncomfortable. And so nervous. Also, one of the things that they did to promo his show was there were posters with him smiling with a big gap in his teeth. Like Letterman? Yeah, and it says, here to fill the late night gap. That was the Chevy Chase show promo. Jesus. Okay. Okay, cool. This is one of the bits from episode one. Now, Rob, I want you to watch this, and I'm going to have you try to uh, explain what the hell it is you watched. Blue and I would always wear in the front because my gal had turned me down. Then we met and you bet I knew from the first you were my love, cause that's my old great slumber. 
Well, Rob, he's wearing white face with like lipstick and there's three heads and it looks like the heads are floating in darkness. This is like weird Ernie Kovacs shit. I don't know what's happening. Ernie Kovacs was actually what he was. He said that that was one of his inspiration for the show. Ernie Kovacs was cutting edge in 1960. Yeah, exactly. And we're now... 23 years past, folks. Yeah. For 33 years past, right? But he's going with what he's comfortable with, and that's what he's comfortable with. I'm sure that's the stuff that, that he grew up with. And I bet nobody said no. Absolutely not. He was too bankable. That's the thing, is he had so much control on this. I've already got thoughts. Okay. Well, a talk show needs guests, right? And his first guests were Goldie Hawn and Whoopi Goldberg. Well, he was really good friends with Goldie Hawn. Oh, and I'll get to that. Uh, Side note, Whoopi was also in the middle of the war for late night dominance. She had a late night show that aired in syndication that started in September of 1992. It was called The Whoopi Goldberg Show. Now, Goldie was his first guest. Her and Chevy had starred in a few films together, so it seemed like an easy decision. Like you said, they were really good friends. But it quickly turned into just a reminiscing session, and it was just very weird. (laughs) Do you remember when you... I mean, is this boring that we're talking about old times? Not at all. Seems like old times. Seems like old times. (laughs) Remember the uh, finger stuff under the bed? That's the only thing Neil Simon would let me do that wasn't his line? (laughs) Do you remember... The, ju- the scene with the judge and when you said you uh, pepper chicken pepper <laughs> no no uh, you have to get you have to prepare everything in advance right, 47 like... takes I was like, you have to prepare everything in advance yes. yeah well you have to prepare everything in advance take 40 lunch no. oh gosh great time how uncomfortable are you like they're flirting what's he gonna be like with a stranger so i only was able to get through episode one but they say that was the most of the downfall of this show was that every it was all of his friends and it was all just these reminiscing sessions of oh my god i remember this remember this but then when it actually come to real guests he was just so awkward and had no idea how to carry the show chevy and goldie did a dance to twist and shout which seemed like a failed attempt to make chevy fun and hip it it didn't work chevy is a smart ass but can he actually have fun i feel like the only time you ever see chevy chase having fun is when he's making fun of someone or the situation that they're in well i think this is going to be the problem with the show which is you know chevy chase's career and as a character is a guy who punctures the establishment he's a smart ass who's kind of a doofus yeah And now you're asking him to be the establishment. Yeah, great point. So this is going to be tricky for him. Yeah. Can I ask you a really stupid question? Yeah. Was this a nightly show? Yes. Okay, but what if they tried something that Chevy was familiar with? Percocet. (laughs) Chevy made his name by being the first SNL Weekend Update anchor. I don't think it was called Weekend Update at the time. But why not have segments where Chevy does his take on the news? It worked 17 years ago. Uh, A lot of events have happened in the news since I've been away, uh, but some things never change. Our top story, Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead. (laughs) And Filipino President uh, Fernand Marcus is still hanging on valiantly to remain dead. Classic. I mean, it worked better than the Chevy interview, I'll tell you that. And he was able to read right off the script that he was holding in his hand, just like the old days. It was like his little comfort blanket, no need for cue cards or a teleprompter. He had his pieces of paper. Hey, friends, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, could you do us a favor? 
After you listen to today's episode, open up your podcast app and leave us a review. Please. The more reviews we get, the more people will discover us. And the more people that discover us, the less lost we'll feel. You're good, buddy. It's okay. Uh, look, nothing has ever been easier to do. Just go ahead and grab a pen real quick. It's okay. We'll wait. Don't worry. Okay. Head on over to your podcast app. Click those three dots in the lower right-hand corner. Click Go to Show. Scroll down till you see ratings and reviews, then leave us some stars and a comment or two so our parents know that it was worth all the tuition that they spent. And if you really love us, head on over to Patreon.com and send us some money, and in return, you will get access to merch, special episodes, bonus content, pictures of me shirtless. Okay, okay, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Search This Was a Thing and help us out. But you know what? You've already helped us out today by listening to us, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. Of course, this being a talk show, it's time for another guest. Time for Whoopi, who came out to the song Making Whoopi. Another bride, another groom. Whoopi's show wasn't going over very well at the time, the Whoopi Goldberg show. And Chevy could tell that he, too, wasn't going over very well. Now, remember, this was his second guest ever. What are you doing with yourself now that your your show's uh, going the way mine is about to go? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. See, now, that's why I'm here. I'm here to tell you to, to put all that garbage out of your mind. You're yeah. going to have the greatest time. People yeah. are going to come out and say the dumbest stuff and floor you, and you have to go on. I thought I was the guy that said the dumbest no, stuff. No, 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 no. They're going to say dumb stuff. <laughs> yeah. And all you can do is go... Just press uh-huh. on? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You so, know? I don't really have to make eye contact or listen or anything. I just sort of go... The mm-hmm. hardest thing? Yeah. I'll give you the, the, the worst thing that ever happened. What? I had a guest on. I'm sitting there and we're talking. Yeah. And suddenly this odor came up. This is the truth. Was, was it an air biscuit? Up, or? It was a big air biscuit. A big air biscuit. And <laughs> there's nothing you can do. Of course, the Not camera much. is on you. Yeah. So you just kind of like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Now, I, should I ask who that guest was? or was no, that, no, no, okay, no, I won't ask. Okay, I, I wouldn't tell. <laughs> Did they do a test episode with him? This is the first episode from anything I read. They, but they didn't like... They didn't have any tests or anything. I think they went in going, Chevy knows what he's doing. You know, Conan had test episodes. Oh, I know. I'm assuming at some point, maybe he guest hosted The Tonight Show. I mean, I didn't see anything about it, but he would be one of those people. I mean, I only saw like Brenner and Joan were like, and Jay Leno was like one of the last fill-in hosts. Yeah, but he used to have like Rickles would host or Newhart yeah, would yeah, host. Yeah. You know what this is? It's almost as if, do you remember the movie with Jerry Lewis, The King of Comedy? Yes. Where he plays a talk, or or, or the Joker, where Robert De Niro yes. was. A, to me, it feels like, okay, I'm making a movie, and the late there's a late night show in the movie. I would hire Chevy Chase to play yeah. the late night show host in the movie, but I wouldn't have him host a real late show. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that totally makes sense. So after one episode, I didn't want to watch any more episodes. And, you know, viewers in 1993 felt the same way. And interestingly enough, Late Night with Conan O'Brien premiered a week after Chevy's show on September 13th, 1993. So in three weeks' time, there was Letterman, Chevy, and then Conan. Critics were not very nice to Chevy Chase show either. Entertainment Weekly critic Ken Tucker gave the show an F Ooh. late oh. in its run. even. 
using the word vulgar in his review. So there's something about that. He said, the audience that fills Hollywood's new Chevy Chase theater has steadily turned into the worst behaved crowd in late night television. They hoot and yell and cheer over whatever pitiful chatter Chase is attempting to wring out of a luckless guest. This guy was so detailed in panning the show that he even talked shit about the audience. The audience. What did they do except come in from Nebraska for a vacation? I've never heard. I mean, I maybe the Jerry Springer show would get audience reviews, but that was that was something else to me. Time Magazine wasn't too kind to it either, saying, Nervous and totally at sea, Chase tried everything, succeeded at nothing. The magazine criticized Chase for having recycled old material shamelessly, taking pratfalls and even pleading with the audience to stand up and dance in their seats. So Chevy was trying anything he could. Vulture actually did a retrospective on the show and made this point that I thought was very interesting. Unlike David Letterman, who we were used to seeing age one day at a time, and Jay Leno, who had appeared on Letterman's late night show and guest hosted Carson enough throughout the 80s and early 90s to where he almost aged in front of the country, the lovable, scurrilish, charismatic bastard that made Ted Knight crazy in Caddyshack was now just some nervous and overwhelmed middle-aged man. Jeez, that's that's rough. It's rough, but I thought it was interesting. Like, you know, like you see Letterman and stuff like throughout the time and you saw how he had all these episodes to get to like his shtick and stuff and even leno had time on you grow up with them exactly i'm so curious i'm wondering what the reviews were for Whoopi goldberg's show because i think that people dislike chevy chase so much because they they knew the reputation they had heard that he was an asshole and i think people were just looking for this guy to fail and showed no mercy showed no mercy as opposed to somebody like Whoopi goldberg who is so beloved mm-hmm. and has such a kind spirit about her. And I'm wondering if her reviews maybe, I mean, I don't, the show didn't last, so I'm assuming it wasn't that good, but I'm assuming that she got some more slack because people were were more welcoming to her as opposed to him who had this reputation. What's interesting though, like talking about Whoopi, is that she was such a likable, lovable person and most of her films were like, you know, likable, you know, like when it was her comedies and stuff. Chevy Chase comedies, like he was never, his characters were never really likable. They were all always kind of assholes maybe he's not an asshole but that's how he comes off exactly but it, it, it just you know f- that kind of a person doesn't seem like the kind of right choice to lead a nightly late night comedy show he was never able to get more comfortable interviewing celebrities either. It was palatable when he was friends with the person, but it was just off when it was a normal guest. Now, guests on the show included Jason Priestley, Martin Short, Tom Selleck, Engelbert Humperdinck, Robert De Niro, Sinbad, Dan Aykroyd, Burt Reynolds, and Don Rickles. The show would get the official acts on October 17th, 1993, only six weeks after its much-anticipated premiere. On the air six weeks. Yeah, it was only on the air six weeks. Lucy Salhaney, who was then the chairwoman of Fox Broadcasting, announced on October 17th, 1993, that the network had decided to cancel the show in the best interests of both its affiliated stations and its star. So the affiliates are saying we're going to pull it. Yeah. They're going to show something else. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So advertisers had been promised the show would bring in between five and six million viewers nightly. And by contrast to that, the late show with David Letterman guaranteed fewer than four million viewers to the advertisers. So they were telling advertisers that Chevy is it. He's going to be the new king where, you know, even Letterman, who'd been around for a while and had an audience, said, well, look, let's let's give him a low ball estimate. The Chevy Chase show's actual ratings were much lower, and they averaged about 3 million viewers. 
Chevy issued a statement regarding the cancellation uh, in which he called the talk show format very constraining, and he promoted his upcoming film, Cops and Robertsons. TriStar Pictures presents Chevy Chase. You be good cop, I'll be bad cop. You are not a cop. Jack Palance. I'm sorry, my son bit your neck and tried to suck your blood. It happens. And Diane Weist. Drop that gun. And don't make mommy tell you twice. Cops and Robertsons. You talking to me? You talk me? Why, before they sign on, did they not say, let's just give you a test run? So that way you're comfortable and we're comfortable. Because I'm sure it was one of those things that a test run, he would have said no. And they were more focused on getting Chevy Chase onto Fox than having a test run and doing things the correct way. But don't you want to audition? Yeah, but that's the thing. Chevy Chase was at a point in his career where he didn't need to do that kind of stuff. Or yes, it would have been smart for him too. For but him, he, not yes, for the network. No, exactly. But he was too, I mean, he's always been a cocky person. That's always been stories of him. So I could see this being part of his cockiness. He said that he never intended the show to be a long-term series, even if it had been successful. And he admitted in an interview that he never wanted to be tied down for five years interviewing TV personalities. He probably thought it was going to relaunch his career, which had hit the skids. The entire last week of the show was dedicated to making light of the show's quote-unquote success. Within 48 hours of the final show, Workman had already dismantled and painted over the Chevy Chase Theater's sign. Now, his career was never big again like it was in the 70s and 80s. He most notably would star in Dan Harmon's Community on NBC. He played a uh, man returning to community college later on in life. The show was critically acclaimed and Chevy was praised for his acting, but due to constantly butting heads with Dan Harmon, the creator, and a couple of questionable onset incidents, he left the show. Chevy has talked about the Chevy Chase show a few times after its cancellation. He said uh, to Time Magazine in 2007 that the show was an entirely different concept than what was pushed on me. I would never do it again. What I wanted had a whole different feel to it, much darker and more improv, but we never got there. What was there? What was he trying to get? I'm so confused. Like... What did he think it was going to be? I feel like he thought he was going to get to gab with his fucking friends as much as he did. But then when that was just so awkward and weird, they tried to reformat it. And I think that he just thought that he was going to get to do whatever he wanted, which included doing the old bits like from a 60s fucking variety show or his news update and stuff. But that didn't work. I couldn't imagine what was pushed on him, but I don't think that he ever found what he was trying to look for. And like you said before, you know, we love watching him when he punctures authority. We love him in Caddyshack because he goes toe to toe with Ted Knight. We love him in Seems Like Old Times because he goes toe to toe with Charles Grodin. Like he loves to, you know, to puncture those people. And on a talk show, when you're the host, you don't really get a chance to puncture anybody. Fox has never put another late night show on air since the Chevy Chase show. In the early 2000s, uh, they tried to lure Conan away from NBC, but he was a company man. NBC would always treat Conan well, right? In 2003, ABC threw their hat in the late night game with Jimmy Kimmel Live, which is still on to this day. I will say, I will go on record, I think Jimmy Kimmel is the best late night show host currently. And he had his awkward beginning stages and stuff, and ABC figured it out, but Fox just still hasn't been able to figure it out and catch a break. Now, after our break, we'll try and figure out what elements we see of the Chevy Chase show on The Current late night shows this was a thing this was a thing and now this is a sketch 
Hello? Can I speak to Mr. Pat Sajak, please? This is Pat Sajak. Oh, hi, Pat. This is Will Gaynor, and I'm in charge of property sales here at Fox. Um, there's a rumor going around that you might be starting your talk show again, and I wanted to see if you'd be interested in buying the Chevy Chase Theater. Hmm, possibly. Uh, can you tell me a little about it? Sure. Well, it's uh, in almost mint condition. The stage was barely used, and the audience seats were only sat in once, but you can barely tell. Uh, they're decorated in Chevy's favorite color, arrogant green, and they all have the same fabric because if there's one thing Chevy really loves, it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. Can you tell me about the stage? Sure. It's got uh, great acoustics and really allows you to focus on yourself. See, you can tell a joke and you literally hear nothing coming back at you. Nothing. The desk is large enough to store paper, pencils, and a box filled with tons of Generalissimo Francisco Franco jokes. Oh. Exactly. I should let you also know that the uh, the dressing room comes with mirrors on every wall and surface so you can admire either your beauty or that of Miss Goldie Hawn. Now, full disclosure, uh, there is a vague smell of asshole in the dressing room, but we had Bill Murray sit in there for a while and we think he got rid of it. Does the place come with his own writers? Well, there is a man who sits in a room and transcribes old SNL episodes, if that's what you mean. You know, thank you for calling, but I think I'm going to go in a different direction. Are you sure? We can even throw in Chevy's back brace. Thank you. I'm going to hang up now. All right, listen, listen. We will pay you to take it off our hands. We're afraid that its negative energy is going to seep onto the set of Herman's head, and we can't have that. No. Do I have to spell it out for you? Oh, that's funny, because you host Wheel of Fortune. Hello? Hello? Uh, oh, I'll try somewhere else. Uh, Hello, is this the L.A. County Waste Management Department? (laughs) Do I have a dump for you? Thank you. This was a sketch. So this show is not fondly remembered. It's mostly remembered for how awkward Chevy was and how it could never find the vibe it was looking for. In 2002, TV Guide ranked the show number 16 on its TV Guide's 50 Worst TV Shows of All Time list. Now, I consider this the ultimate list for This Was a Thing, because after 2002, the lists are full of reality shows. So number 16 on the list. I think the show that Chevy Chase Show wanted to be ended up being Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show. Jimmy Fallon gets to do bits with his guests, he gets to be buddy-buddy with them, and Jimmy gets to play to his strengths. He gets to do characters, and each episode brings a little bit of that SNL flair. Fox was hoping to get a little of that SNL flair with Chevy, but he only gave him some stale news updates. But Jimmy Fallon, from the beginning, has always been so warm Jimmy Fallon is the fun, the nice class clown. That's what I mean. And that's the difference is their personalities where I think Chevy Chase wishes he could be Chevy Chase doing Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show. Jimmy Fallon is the guy who like goes up to the least popular kid in school and is like, hey, do you want to come to my house? And Chevy Chase is the guy who's making fun of the least popular kid in school. Exactly. But still the bits and stuff that Jimmy Fallon is doing with guests, I think that's the kind of stuff that Chevy Chase ultimately would have wanted to do except for putting his Chevy take on it. Like, you know, like, oh, I crushed an egg on your head. But then instead of like laughing at it and going, oh, my God, you're so silly. Chevy would have said some kind of asshole remark and, you know, like done his Chevy Chase pan to the camera and everyone would have gone wild. Maybe in the day of finding little bits uh, to clip out and put on YouTube, Chevy's show might have been able to find something that worked. You know, there might have been some kind of a bit they came up with that got some views. 
James Corden's fine and all, but I think the thing that ultimately is keeping helping his show going is his carpool karaoke and the things that get pulled from his hour-long show, and then those get millions of views, and people go, oh, okay, well, he's getting views, so let's keep him going. Boy, that's such a good point, because I realize like Letterman has a top 10 list. And Leno had like those headlines in the news mm-hmm. and he would do And jaywalking. And jaywalking. Did they ever send Chevy out like to talk to people? I only watched one episode, but everything I read, I never saw anything of him doing man on the street type stuff. He's great in small doses, Mr. Chase. Exactly. I mean, you have an hour and a half movie where yes, he's the lead, but I mean the vacation movies center around his family, where how he's dealing with that. And it's fun in the vacation movie to watch him play at being quote-unquote normal dad yeah now we're supposed to you're not clark griswold you're chevy chase Chase, yeah supposed to be normal and that's we know that's not who you are yeah you're lying to us chevy i don't know if i would say the show should be celebrated i wouldn't even say that chevy chase's biggest fan should watch it it might make you feel weird about your favorite movie star but if you like watching awkward interviews a man trying to stay relevant, and live fish in a fish tank, then check out the Chevy Chase Show. You want to check out a game? Hell yeah. This was a thing and now it's a quiz. This is a This Was a Quiz. With Mark Schroeder. I'm Mark Schroeder, and you're not. Hey. Does it work? Does it work if you're not, Chevy? Does it, uh, I guess nobody really matters if you're just a nobody. Who was your favorite SNL? You were talking- Weekend Update. Weekend Update. I assume that's where you were driving. I'm sorry. Uh, Norm MacDonald, I think. How about you? I agree, Norm MacDonald. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Norm MacDonald, definitely. All right, three ways around. Followed by controversial choice. Kevin Nealon. Yeah. I think Kevin Nealon is one of the most brilliant people out there. And mm-hmm. just, yeah. I honestly, I thought he was marvelous. Yeah. It, he's really true. I he think only he did, did like two job. seasons of it, I think. Well, you know what? This leads in perfectly to the game. And I think you guys are going to do well okay. based on this early conversation. Okay, so, no, no, no. Don't ever be sorry. But we're talking about Chevy Chase and the Chevy Chase show, which was a gun and disaster. But I think he wasn't even the best, as we've just talked about, he wasn't even the best weekend update host. So we're going to play a game called Date That Update. Okay. okay. I'm going to read a joke, a topical joke that was on Weekend Update at some point during the years. You're going to tell me who the Weekend Update anchor was that delivered that joke. So you can use basically the cadence of the joke might help you, the topic, the subject, when you think this happened might help you chronologically. You'll work together on this one. Charles Rocket. Yeah, they're all Charles Rocket. They're all Charles Rocket jokes. Just mumble all the jokes yeah. that he did. <laughs> and then he goes, <laughs> does that eyebrow thing? I'm so satisfied with myself. <laughs> okay, I tried to make them, you know, easier at the beginning, harder at the end. We'll see. But I, I think you guys will do pretty well. Question one. Justin Guarini, who plays second in Fox's American Idol, has signed a record deal. For just 99 cents, he will get 10 records. <laughs> That's a funny joke. That's early 2000s. Yeah, I'm going to say Colin Quinn. Col- who's after Colin Quinn? Wasn't it Tina Fey and Amy Poehler? Yeah. Ooh, yeah, let's do that. It was Tina Fey. Okay. Yes, that is correct. Tina Fey delivered that in 2003. Second one. Since he's been in the White House, President Reagan has gotten two hearing aids, a colon operation, skin cancer, prostate surgery, and he's been shot. And we, the American people, should always remember these things because he won't. I want to say Dennis Miller. Yeah. That's Dennis Miller. Yeah. Wow. Dennis Miller, 1987. Taking a punch at Republicans. Yeah, before he turned. Yeah, exactly. Number three. Royal family watchers are speculating that Princess Diana will indeed divorce Charles and give up custody of their two sons, provided she gets Kensington Palace and an 11.30 time slot. I want to say Kevin Nealon. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's Kevin Nealon, baby. 1993. 
Actor Charlie Sheen is reportedly engaged to model Donna Peel. Friends of Sheen say they knew he was serious when he took Donna home to meet the hookers. That's got to be Norm MacDonald. Yeah. That's, that's a Norm. Yeah. The hookers, yeah, the hookers yeah. give that yeah. one away. Stanley Kubrick, the legendary director of movies like Spartacus, Dr. Strangelove, and 2001 A Space Odyssey, died on Sunday. His family would not reveal the cause of death, but we believe it had something to do with the movie Message in a Bottle reaching the top 10. I think it's Colin Quinn. Yeah, I'd say that's around that's Colin, Colin Quinn. That's Colin Quinn, yes. I should have done it with a New York accent. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick, 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Our top story tonight, Pope John Paul II is still alive. Charles Rocket? That is incorrect. That is Jane Curtin from 1978. Uh, oh, darn it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. John Paul I died. Sorry. Mr. Reagan announced more budget cuts today, which includes a 50% reduction in funding to the theater arts. When asked whether this would severely hamper the education of future performers, Mr. Reagan responded, hey, I made it without learning how to act. Oh, that's Charles Rocket. Yeah, I gave and you that's a, a good Charles Rocket impression. Charles Rocket impression. Charles Rocket right there. <laughs> that was good. And finally, on Thursday, a boy hid in a box. So I guess that was a faster way to tell that story. Is it Balloon Boy? 2009. Seth Myers? I feel like we got to put a throw of Fallon in there. Up to you, buddy. Let's say, say Fallon. Seth Myers, oh, 2009. Damn it. 2009. But great job, you guys. You really know your topical jokes. And a, sh- a shout out to some SNL anchors who didn't get mentioned. Yeah, there was quite a few. Brian Doyle Murray. Brian, yes. Brian Doyle Murray did not get mentioned. You're right. Brad Hall. No Amy, no Amy Poehler. No Brad Hall. No Amy Poehler. No, remember Cecily Strong was there for a hot second? No Colin Yost. Michael Che. No, we're not going contemporary. Dua Lipa said that I'm not going to do it from yesterday. <laughs> Wait, I just heard this one. <laughs> yeah, this was very recent. I'll ask you, though, because I think we were talking about this, which is, you know, out of all the late night people that are going on currently, who is your, like, who do you, you only get one. Who's your favorite? Oh, man, dude. Uh, I... Like now, now. You can't do old people from the past. You can't do Letterman. You can't do Carson. can't do Leno. Well, I can't do Conan. He I was going to say, because Conan's, Conan's Conan not here. Yeah. So I'm stuck with just the I reject know. list. <laughs> I'll take uh, Kimmel. Probably Kimmel. He seems to have the most, like, I'm not trying to e- overly please you. Yeah, I agree with you. Everybody else is too eager to please. Jimmy Kimmel is the best to me. I think he takes like the elements of Carson and the elements of Letterman and puts them both together. Yeah, I think he's transitioned the most to modern today. Like we're just yeah. hanging out. There's yeah. no like uh, status here. Yeah. It's just all hanging out playing ping pong with Tom Cruise or whatever he likes yeah. to do. Or... And the viral stuff isn't just like crazy bits. Like mm. it seems like it's like actual, I don't know, funny yes. like character pieces and stuff. Kimmel and then I think Seth Meyers' desk pieces are just really well written. Yeah, I, you could see that as like a clear extension of like his, yeah, exactly. His he gets to do update, update stuff, yeah. but like longer segments, unlike the Chevy Chase show, which kind of f- yeah, fell exactly. On his face yeah. when they tried to do that. But oh, Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel's the best, just the yeah, best. Yeah, he does really well. Folks, let us know who you love on late night, and if you remember the Chevy Chase show or some of the other shows that were going on around that time, such as the Pat Sajak show or the Alan Thicke show or Howard Stern's Channel Nine show or his failed Fox show or his failed. Fox show. Movie Goldberg. And then a couple years later, Tom Green had a, another that's one. That's right. That's right. So if you remember any of these, hit us up Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you want to make a case for the Chevy Chase show, do that somewhere else. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cut Cut Schwartzberg, 
our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese, our social media director, Gabe, hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing Too Graphic, DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 